Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on May 1st, Wednesday, May 1st, 2019. I am Dave Biddle, very happy to be joined by the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. We're going to talk all about quarterbacks on today's show, or as Dave Gettleman calls them, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. Uh, we're going to start with Ohio State landing their 2021 quarterback, Kyle McCord. Uh, what a, a great day for Ryan Day and the Buckeyes yesterday getting Kyle McCord. They have to be ecstatic over there. The number eight pro-style quarterback in the country. In the 2021 class, number 112 overall player, and you get him out of Pennsylvania. You're not not necessarily in Penn State's backyard, but you know Philadelphia is close enough. So uh, he's out of St. Joseph's High School in Philadelphia. Great pickup for the Buckeyes landing Kyle McCord backs. Yeah, not diminish the whole how salty Penn State people are going to be about this thing. Philadelphia is their backyard, right? Let's be real blunt. Pennsylvania is their recruiting territory. So anytime we go over there and take a, take a top 120 kid, they should be grumpy about it. Same thing we'd do if somebody went to Cincinnati, if they went to Cincinnati and took a top 10 kid in Ohio, right, that we wanted. So, you know, Kyle McCord is a big commitment for the Buckeyes on a number of levels. Um, first of all, as we've seen very clearly in recent weeks, you're going to have to start stacking quarterback depth in every class if you're one of these big programs, because of the way the transfers are starting to affect the sport. Uh, you can't have a year where you don't take a quarterback anymore. You know, you can't have a year where you're like, well, you know, we don't need one this year because we got so-and-so last year. Nope, that's out the door. If you're Ohio State, you need to be getting a top-tier quarterback every year in your recruiting class. And, frankly, with Ryan Day as your head coach, a.k.a. the quarterback whisperer, you should be getting a top-tier quarterback in every class. So, now you've got Sawyer and McCord in back-to-back or sorry, <laughs> Miller and McCord in back-to-back years. And uh, you've got the, the two big-time guys lined up at the head of the 2020 and 2021 classes. And that's what you need. That's going to be how modern recruiting works. So the good news is OSU's positioned well with Day's ability to sort of be able to recruit quarterbacks from all over the country. But this is a necessity, and it's a great necessity. I'm excited to see Ohio State land him. It's a big deal in the recruiting world, but it's going to have to be like this every year now with the way the transfer system is at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's really nice getting the uh, – you have Jack Miller in place for the 2020 class, and now getting Kyle McCord for 2021. I love what they're doing there. And this 2021 class, um, what a start to it. You get Jack Sawyer, um, number two overall player in the country, um, regardless of position, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. And now Kyle McCord – very early, of course, talking about the 2021 class, but for those out there that are curious, Ohio State has the number three class in the country for 2021. So, I mean, and, and I think getting a quarterback this early is going to really help. He's going to be a kid that can help recruit other kids to join. You already have Jack Sawyer in the class. I think they can really build something special in that 2021 class. Hey, and I'm not, I think the 2020 class is still going to be special, but they could really knock it out of the park in 2021. Yeah, the Justin Zwick effect. When you get that big-time quarterback early on, everybody who wants to go to a recruiting class, when they see a quarterback that they think can win them football games. Let's face it, if you're a player at literally any other position, you don't want to go to a school that pulls an LSU and 
talent for years on end and can't get anybody who can actually play quarterback. So, you know, the, 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 we've talked about this ad nauseum since Tressel got Zwick to commit to the, tw- to the 2002 class way back in the day, and essentially everybody else who followed in that class was in part because of the way Zwick recruited that group. You know, Jay-Z might not have played a ton when he was at OSU, but he deserves a ton of credit just for his recruiting efforts alone. Um, and you see that with a lot of these guys, you know. That's the way you build recruiting classes is if you can build it around an elite quarterback, you're in a really good position to be able to attract a lot of other talent that may have been more 50-50. You know, those are the sort of things that when people are considering a school and a lot of things are even, they go, how much am I going to win there? Well, OSU has Miller. OSU has McCord in your class. How does that make you feel? Oh, yeah, that guy's great. All right, that helps. I'm considering some other school that doesn't have as good of a quarterback committed in that class. And, you know, I know I'm going to have a quarterback who can play while I'm here. That's a, that's a consideration you're going to see from a lot of kids. So, you know, I, I think 2021 is going to be interesting to see because when you start off with a couple heavy hits this early on, it's, it could be the type of class that snowballs if Ryan Day has a really nice first year on the field. And a lot of the sort of hesitancy that we may not be seeing if Urban Meyer is still here, well, some of that hesitancy is going to be gone for 2021 because they're going to say, oh, look, uh, Ryan Day's first year, he went out and won the Big Ten or whatever, right? They're the first class that's going to be somewhat affected by Ryan Day's on-field success. 2020 is still going to be, look what he did as an assistant, and wow, look at the relationships we built. We can't really talk about on-field results yet for the 2020 class. For the 2021 class, absolutely. This is the first time we've had a chance to talk about, you and I have had a chance to talk about Gunnar Hoke transferring to Ohio State. We thought it was, you know, probably going to happen and made a lot of sense, but there was still the concern that, you know, what if he just wants to play? Even though it makes a lot of sense to us, and it looks like it makes a lot of sense for him, what if he just wants to, you know, go somewhere where he can start? But he decided to come to Ohio State, and I think it's phenomenal. Um, you know, Justin Fields is the man, but, you know, they, they need depth. They need someone to push Justin Fields, and um, I think Hoke is – you know, we'll see what happens. He has to learn the offense. And I thought Chuganoff, Chris Chuganoff looked okay during the spring, including the practices we were out there that we got a chance to see. Um, but I think if I, you know, if they had a – something happened, God forbid, something happens with Justin Fields, and they have to throw somebody in there, Kenny Guyton style, um, I think it's going to be Gunnar Hoke. Uh, just your thoughts on Gunnar Hoke uh, becoming a Buckeye. Well, first and foremost, it's nice to see uh, an Ohio kid get the option to be a Buckeye. Uh, we've talked about this with high school recruiting. Uh, we wish, wish there were more Ohio kids who went to Ohio State. And, you, know, you understand how the recruiting works with all the kids nationally and kind of how the country is much smaller from that perspective. But, uh, you know, a guy like Hoke who has family members who played at OSU, he has family members who coached at OSU, he's from Dublin. I'm excited to see a local kid get an opportunity, first and foremost. Second of all, I think it's a pretty easy calculus for him. He was going to be the backup at Kentucky or he could be the backup at Ohio State. I know which place I'd rather be at. So I think once that calculus got into his head, it was a no-brainer decision. Um, And as for backing up this year, I think he's the kind of guy who, with his experience, assuming he can learn the playbook quickly enough, I would feel more confident being able to bring him in on a short-term basis than I would Chuganov or, when he was here, Matthew Baldwin. Um, You know, I thought in the spring Baldwin – still needed to develop a bunch. You know, we heard a lot of great things out of him in practices, but when we got to actually see him, you know, some of that development was still going on. Hoke's a bit more of a finished product, and maybe his ceiling's lower than a Baldwin's, but you're more likely to get him on the field and be able to get him to 
you know, like you said, pull a Kenny Guyton and, and be able to produce for a quarter or a game or two. Um, and, you know, like we all are hoping at this point, we don't want Justin Fields to get hurt. Uh, I think that's our, our doomsday scenario right now for the 2019 season. But with the situation Ohio State was in, Hoke is about a best-case scenario that you could have hoped to have for a backup to Justin Fields after Baldwin transfers. And the other cool part is you get him for two years. So presence for the next two years at OSU being a graduate transfer. That too, because he's only going to be a more experienced yeah, I'm not comparing him to Joe Burrow. He's not as good as Joe Burrow, obviously. Um, but Joe Burrow's style coming here for two years, as you mentioned, on scholarship will be eligible immediately for those that don't know. I think everybody pretty much knows that by now, but if there's a listener out there that doesn't. Gunnar Hoke graduated from Kentucky last week. He will be eligible immediately and have two years of eligibility remaining. Um, and he will be on scholarship for those that are curious about that, of course. Um, gets to pursue his graduate degree, I'm sure. And then he'll have plenty of opportunities in Columbus People like to take care of the former Buckeye players here in this great city. By the way, go Jackets, speaking of this great city. What a wonderful win last night. I just want to throw that in there. Um, your expectations for Justin Fields this year, not necessarily you know, junior year, senior year, whatever, just this year, what do you expect from Justin Fields, Bax? I expect him to be one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten, if not the best quarterback in the Big Ten. No pressure. Um, I, I think it's just if you look at it, you look at the offense around him, you look at the players around him, he should be in a position to have a fantastic year. Now, what I am not expecting of him is to be Dwayne Haskins. I am not expecting him to be Heisman year choice. I think you're going to see much more of a combination of, of skill sets from Justin Fields where he's going to run the ball a bit more, especially early on. Uh, you know, forget, after having watched Dwayne Haskins just stand there and throw the ball to people wide open last year, a running quarterback can be a threat. Um, I, I think you're going to see Justin Fields develop as a passer, and remember, this is his first year as a college starter, so he's not going to go out in all likelihood and throw for 3,000 yards. But you're going to see him with a strong arm, make good throws. He's got too good of players around him in terms of pass catchers to not be able to involve a bunch of them. But I don't think Ohio State's going to shy away from the quarterback run at all. I, uh, I, I, you know, especially getting Gunnar Hoke here, that whole risk management aspect of it, I, I think you're going to see Justin Fields run the ball 10 times a game. And for a guy with his athletic ability, you know, that's not a bad thing. Um, I, I think with the tailbacks that you have in the backfield, you know, there was times last year where we were worried, well, you know, are the running backs not getting room to run because uh, there's not a threat of the quarterback run? While I think a lot of us thought, come on, you can run the ball without your quarterback being J.T. Barrett. It's happened a billion times before. Having a running quarterback is a threat that a defense has to consider. I mean, we know that full well here at Ohio State. We had Braxton. We had J.T. Barrett. We had very good running quarterbacks here. The difference is, is I think that you're going to see with Fields is he's a better passer than those two guys that I just mentioned. Um, so that's going to be sort of my expectation this year. Is he's going to run the ball a significant amount, but I also think he's going to be a pretty good passer. And the real interesting thing for me is going to be watching him go through progressions in that passing game. Is he going to look at one guy and then tuck it and go? Or is he going to look at one to move around in the pocket, then take off kind of thing? I'm interested to see his maturity and the position he is. That's the biggest unknown for Justin Fields this year as the quarterback. Great stuff as always from the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. Thank you very much, Bax, and thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. I appreciate it. Hope you have a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best in band in the land. Mm-hmm.